You are listening to the Sacred Geometry Portal podcast, where each Monday musing plus one in-depth interview per moon takes you through the portal to the patterns of nature, the architecture of the cosmos, and the divine language of our minds. Your host, Elizabeth Diane, expands your perception of the world and the awe of creation. With a light heart, she encourages an exploration to find the truth as it is evident to you. Every episode opens doors to self-empowerment, demystifies the power of symbology and archetype, intersects relationships with matter and spirit, then circles back to ground in these seeds of life into the kind of wisdom you can apply to your being, soul, and purpose. Welcome to the Sacred Geometry Portal Podcast. Hello, Sacred Spheres. Happy Monday again. Here we are. I'm in Olympia, Washington for this Monday musing and actually sitting on the shore of one of the inlets, one of the many bays here and um, with the sun shining on me and you probably will hear some seagulls and crows and boats and whatever else around me, but um, yeah, the waves are gently lapping. And I've been having a lot of inspiration lately. Um, today, just tuning in like, well, what has been happening around me in the field of sacred geometry? And what do I want to share? And I, um, as I was asking that question myself, I looked up and above me was this um, metallic fixture that had a, a 16 pointed star. And I'm like, I never noticed that before. Okay, you know, um, what does that mean? And I wasn't sure, but I just like, okay, I'll go with that. Um, I'm being shown a 16 pointed star. And I started thinking about what we are beyond the physical because way back in what 2007 or so I um, had this flash of a vision in my house that I was seeing two like twin stars um, like one of them was myself and one of them was my counterpart um, whether you want to think of it like a yeah twin ray twin flame twin star um, it was just me <laughs> beside myself um showing like the maybe the dual nature of myself and it had all these stellations coming out it was this beautiful multicolored stellated and I don't know how many stellations it was just you know I just looked at it but I didn't try and analyze or count but it really stuck with me it was just so beautiful and powerful um to see my presence sort of outside myself and this fixture reminded me of that and so I um you know was just tuning in with with spirit my higher self whatever you know the divine guidance say what am what am I what's up for me today and what do I want to share and you know like paying attention to that 16 pointed star and that memory and 
um, as I started contemplating it, I got a text from a friend of mine who was responding to my text. And this friend was one of my um, sacred geometry students when I taught in Rainier, Washington many years ago. And I had, I'd sent her a message saying, hey, I'm around. And she messaged me back just as I was contemplating this. And she said, you won't believe this just as you messaged me. <laughs> I was listening to this podcast and um, Robert, um, Robert Ed Edward Grant was, was the guest. Many people have heard of him because he's a polymath and so he, um, you know, is just brilliant with physics and, and quantum physics and sacred geometry and all kinds of fields, you know, that kind of like can be described with math. Um, and he, uh, you know, was recently on a podcast that my friend said, you've got to hear this. <laughs> and that message came in right as I was pondering this. So I um, didn't have time to listen to the whole thing, but I turned it on and my finger jumped as I was like, um, just, you know, um, clicking it back on again and my finger jumped down to the scroll bar and I didn't realize, you know, I wasn't intentionally doing this and my finger bumped it forward and the next things he said were so insightful to my memory of this, this, um, star reflection, this vision I had a while back. And so I thought I'd share with you what he shared along with this encouragement to follow the synchronicities and contemplate, you know, when, when you ask a question and something shows up and sacred geometry can be so meaningful in so many ways, can't always an analyze it or take it a hundred percent literally, but sometimes you can. And in this case, it just, it reminded me of that past vision. And then what Robert said, in this interview was about light and how we are, um, you know, of course not the physical and that, you know, we have this perception of physical reality that just feels so real to us, but that we have essentially the reflection back to us in the world around us of light and light reflecting off of things. And then, um, you know, us, you know, either absorbing or emanating light. And then he talked about, um, you know, at the quantum level with light that if he, he said envision an array of essentially cubes, which to me sounds like the matrix, right? But an array of cubes, but within each cube is the, um, the polarity of either reflection or absorption. So if you had like a little imaginary lights, light in there that just you switch on and off with consciousness, it's either reflecting or absorbing. And so that's what we think of, I think, quite often as our light side or our shadow side. 
And just as a side note, you know, I'm always considering, you know, like we talk about light and we throw this word around, but sometimes we need finer definitions and different words that really better describe the light we're talking about. Are we talking about a polarized light that's being emitted? Um, Are we talking about a light that's being absorbed? Are we talking about a unified field that we experience and we call it light, but maybe it's, you know, the combination of polarity or it's the potential as a packet of light to be either absorbing or emitting and its potential then is another form of light and you know in the in the higher frequencies where we are um, not using our visual spectrum to perceive light let's say we might want a different word because maybe it's just frequency and information right but it's all a part of this broad spectrum i think you know in my mind i can only imagine goes all directions to infinity. And we are, um, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, you, you know, we're just experiencing just one tiny, tiny, tiny little fraction of what all is in creation of infinite creation from source of all that is. Anyway, um, Maybe you realize this, maybe that blows your mind, um, maybe not. But back to back to here and now, back to this this musing and this podcast. Um, you know, it just had me thinking about how we in relationship to each other also maybe identify with somebody who we feel like is our soulmate or our twin flame or um, our counterpart, and uh, they may be really, we may be receiving and absorbing back to us some light that we resonate with because it feels so much like our own that we are emanating out outward. Um, but the whole theme of of light's been coming up for me a lot lately with the all the solar flares. And, um, you know, just the work I've done for a long time, some of it with Meg, who I mention a lot, Meg Benedicte, who um, really helps people tune into the great central sun and the Akatawa that I've mentioned, you know, with the Toltec lineage that's said to have come, you know, from the sun. But I feel like that's a, a term we use, sun, you know, as the closest word that we have to describe this source, what what provides this source field from the void. And so I'm going to circle back around now here in the Pacific Northwest and having just heard this talk about the cube and the, the light. Um, you know, I recently had an experience with someone who I won't name because this is a personal experience for that person. And I don't want to share too much of the, you know, I don't want to share their personal experience. Only what, what I shared with them was that, you know, a raven was coming up a lot and 
I was reminding this person or telling this person about my experience or understanding of Raven through the Pacific Northwest uh, coastal tribes. And, um, you know, there's a connection I have with the macaw that's just kind of just a subtle um, kind of experience with them. And the Northwest coastal native art is stunning to me. Its geometry is very fascinating to me. Um, that's a whole nother story, but they, they create these boxes and decorate them with, with the Northwest coastal style geometric art. And, um, the, the story of the Raven starts with Raven being all white, which it sounds like light, right? White emanating or, or, you know, it's, it's, it's illuminating, it's emanating light, it's reflecting light right? Because that's what we see is light. And Raven noticed that all the world was dark. Everybody was living in black. There was no stars, no sun, no moon. And he saw that the chief was keeping all of that in these boxes, these squares, just as um, Robert Edward Grant was mentioning. And the um, raven really wanted them. He says, why? You know, he's thinking to himself, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, I would, I would definitely, if you really want to hear the story, listen um, to a native, Northwest Coastal native storyteller to get the right version. <laughs> but I'm paraphrasing here that the raven's like, you know, why are you hiding this? You know, the world's in darkness and I like the light. You know, of course he's all white. So the raven's like, I want the light. But he couldn't get into the chief's house to, you know, to gain access to it, you know, or steal it or whatever he was scheming. So he devises a plan. He he knows the chief's daughter is coming of age and the chief really wants children or grandchildren. And um, hopefully the chief's daughter had a choice in this too. That's just my little side commentary. <laughs> anyway, the chief's daughter one day goes to the river to for some water and drinking water. And, and Raven sees her scooping up the water and drinking it. And Raven shapeshifts into a little pine needle and drops into the water and floats right into her hand as she lifts it to her mouth to sip and, and swallows the pine needle. Well, of course, nine months later, what do you know, the chief has his first grandchild. And they tell the story as a little boy. So um, the chief has a grandson who is bright and lively and curious and very curious about the boxes, of course, because it's Raven, right? Raven found a way to get close to those boxes and Raven, or yeah, Raven is the little grandson, um, keeps pestering and, and cajoling the, the, um, grandfather to open the boxes. I want what's in there, you know? And, the grandfather chief just can't resist his, his grandson and opens the box of stars and 
Before you know it, the stars escape up the smoke hole and they're up in the sky. And of course, Raven was delighted. So the chief was like, like protecting the other boxes a little more now. But the grandson, you know, of course, driven by Raven, was really adamant. I want, I want what's in the box. I really want it. Chief couldn't resist and opens the box for the moon. And the moon flies up through the smoke hole and ends up in the sky. And don't, sorry, this little side commentary. Don't ask me how it's illuminated yet. Because, you know, maybe by the stars. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I love this story. So, the, of course, Raven's really after the sun. Because Raven knows the sun's the brightest, the, 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 the best light. And um, so the grandson keeps keeps at it with the grandfather, you know, just really like bugging him, bugging him. I must have what's in this box. He's, he's driving the grandfather crazy. So the grandfather gives in, somehow gives in. And, and this time the raven, the, the shapeshifts the grandson back into the raven, steals the sun in its beak and flies up the smoke hole. And as it does, it's, its wings are covered with a soot. It changes to all black. And it flies high up into the sky and tosses the sun up into the sky because it realizes, you know, he really wants to share the light with all the people so they could see, they can see and share in this illumination. And I find it fascinating that this story contains the box and this concept of light in the box and then how the the light can be either um, reflective or receptive or you know um, absorb absorptive if that's a word is absorptive a word it's absorbing light right so the the raven went from white and reflective to black and absorptive and it was still the same raven um, yeah, crow's behind me. I don't know if you can hear crow. Um, I don't know if he's agreeing with the story or not, but we're talking about its black feathers. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, I just am following the synchronicities of the stories and the understanding of, you know, the what's behind the cube, what's in the cube, you know, and how is this a part of our reality in the sacred geometry that, that holds this structure for us that um, has to do with light and in, in, you know, higher vibrations of light as well. So, you know, there was one more thought that that was stirring in me as I was I was thinking about all of this and it might take me a minute to <laughs> recall what that was because crow is just like going on and on um but yeah the story of of what we are and the light and the cube I remember what it was about the cube you know, yesterday I was really contemplating the cube. I was thinking about the um, 
Kabbalah and the Ka, which is the um, Hebrew word for cube and or I'm sorry, I could be wrong. Is it? Yeah, it's Hebrew for cube. And it's also um, in Arabic and in um, the Muslim, um, in the Muslim belief system, they have the Ka is a black cube that they gather around and um, circle around, you know, I don't know, even maybe up to a million people. I don't know how many people can uh, march and circle around that cube. But I read or heard somewhere recently that it is said by, who knows, historians, I'm sorry, I don't have a source for you, but it is said that the cube contains inside of it a piece of a meteorite. And... The reason I brought this up is just that my contemplation about it is like this whole concept of bringing heaven to earth. And if I'm, I'm just kind of wondering, did they put the meteorite in a cube because they want to ground it in and cubes are grounding, right? We think of a square and a cube as being related to the earth. And so to me, it's like if it comes from the heavens and it probably contains a really high frequency energy, I suspect, and they put it in a cube. Is that a, like a prayer to bring heaven to earth? And in this Toltec work I'm doing and in my spiritual path, I've often felt really called to bring this solar light. And I don't mean just literally the photons of the sun, but, you know, the great central sun that really is the source of all that is as heaven on earth. So... That really sums up what I've been contemplating, how we can be emitting or absorbing, and may you be absorbing the light of the great central sun, the source of all that is, and emitting your divine light to all. Blessings and so much love. This podcast has been a production of Sacred Geometry Portal. Dive deeper into the portal by subscribing at sacredgeometryportal.com. Find opportunities to learn directly with Elizabeth by going to Sacred Geometry Portal on Patreon. Infinite Fractal Blissings, and thank you for listening.